Welcome again to another edition of the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the evil heart of unbelief, which is in Hebrews chapter 3. Before uh, we get into the uh, sermon uh, for today, uh, I want to say that, you know, again, with all the stuff that's going on in this world, uh, uh, you know, people watch the news, uh, you know, with COVID uh, and and, uh, all of the uh, political and economic uh, uncertainties that are going on in the world and other things. Uh, People, you know, we just need to remember who is in control ultimately in this world, in this universe. It is Jesus Christ. And this world, these problems are temporary for those of us who have trusted Christ. And so we just need to remember that this is a temporary thing that we are going through, even though it seems like it's just never going to end. It will one day. And for those of us who have trusted in Christ to forgive us for our sins, uh, there will come a day and a time to when we won't have to experience these things anymore. Either we will go and join those uh, who have gone before us, you know, when we die, or Jesus Christ will come again to uh, to get us. And I just hope that uh, that will be a blessing to somebody because I know that sometimes this world can just plain get us down, you know, and that's what the devil wants. It is his design or his intentions, his desire to get us down to, you know, to where we will be tempted to quit, you know, to not do things for God, which in a way is related to what we're going to be talking about today. The evil heart of unbelief. This is, I think, one of the more interesting passages of the Bible. And uh, it is something that is it is a passage or a subject rather that gets talked about a lot when uh, dealing with somebody's salvation. You know, you know, it's a a safe person. I'm not the most eloquent speaker, by the way, but I guess God doesn't really care about that. Uh, uh, The evil heart of unbelief. This is something that uh, is very important for us to study for one reason. I think one reason is because it is a subject that is used in debates about uh, whether or not a Christian can lose salvation. And so um, I will give what I believe is the Spirit's meaning here, uh, what the evil heart of unbelief is talking about. So Uh, You know, turn to Hebrews chapter 3. We will start with verse 3 here. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. You know, we are made holy by Christ's sacrifice. It is pointed out with good reason here, that we are holy brethren. 
that we are made partakers of the heavenly calling, which is to be joined with Christ in salvation, solely by our faith in him, the audience, as we are in the present day, are reminded that the man whom the Jews considered the giver of the law, Moses, was faithful to God in his holy calling. As God called Moses to his task, so he has called us, everyone, to salvation in Christ and then to serve him. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than, than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. The Jews looked at Moses as the lawgiver. He was the source, you know, the, you know, he was uh, the giver of the law. Thus, uh, it is called the Mosaic law sometimes. Uh, so in a sense, Moses built the house, but he never finished it. He never finished, nor could he ever finish it. Uh, it was incomplete. And Moses knew this. He knew that the, he could never complete the law, nor did he ever try. He knew that the fulfillment of the law was going to have to come at a later time. But Christ was the fulfillment of the law, and so he built it being the completion of it. He brought the law to completion. He was its fulfillment by being the sacrifice for our sins. Verse 5, And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the, the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Excuse me. Moses was faithful in what he did, serving the Lord for many years. Uh, you know, he uh, served the Lord for at least 80 years of his life, I believe. So he was a, uh, he was very much, uh, you know, pretty much a lifelong um, servant of the Lord. The law he gave was a witness to what must happen with the birth and death of Christ. Christ, however, was and is God, and we, his servants, are counted among his true servants, if indeed our faith is genuine. This is why it says, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. One thing I, I do believe that this is talking about is, you know, our true faith, if our faith is genuine, then it will persist. Not because of the effort on our part, but because of the uh, sustaining power of the Holy Spirit, which lives within the true believer. And this is important because it says in Jude that we are preserved by God. We are preserved by faith in God. That is how we are preserved. And so that is a controversial uh, subject right there. Verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness... Verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, 
Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, this is extremely important to us in understanding um, the consequences of not listening to what the Holy Spirit tells us. This is how people wind up in the wilderness. You know, they see, you know, we have seen the miraculous power of God by the very fact of our salvation. We witness a resurrection in a way when we become saved. We, we see our own rebirth. We, you know, when we become born again, we see that. We see the power of the Holy Spirit giving life to our dead souls. So we have seen the power of God. Everybody who is a true Christian especially has seen the true power of God. And it warns us to harden not our hearts like the uh, Israelites did in the desert, you know. You know, when they um, were tempted, they hardened their hearts and did not listen to what the Spirit told them. You know, we listened to the Spirit when we decided to accept uh, the invitation to salvation. We didn't harden our hearts then. And we need to be careful not to harden our hearts after that when we are put in whatever circumstance. When God tells us to do something, we need to do it and not harden our hearts because that, that will cause nothing but pain and agony for us. And uh, we will see the consequences potentially of uh, that behavior. You know, it is a broken fellowship with God. This is what is meant when it says here in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be, any, be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is talking about you leaving your proper fellowship with God. You know, you won't have the same int intimacy with him that you would if you had just listened. And he will do what he can or needs to to get your attention. So we go on to verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We need to encourage everybody uh, in the church, whether they be in our congregation, whether they are just be somebody at work or whatever, to talk about the Bible, talk about what God says, talk about what you know God wants us to do, talk about righteousness, talk about what sin is, talk about the negative consequences of sin and falling into sin, whatever it takes to exhort uh, your brethren, your brothers or sisters in Christ today do it today because you you know for one thing you don't know what that other person is really going through you don't know what they're being tempted with inside and so it might very well be that God has put it on your heart to talk to somebody about a particular subject and you know in order to give them the encouragement that they need to withstand whatever it is that they're going through and 
if we don't do this, there is a chance that somebody or even ourselves will become hardened through the, through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is so tempting. It looks so good and feels so good. But that's the way it is most of the time with things that God has told us not to do. They look good. They, smell, they might even smell good. They might sound good. But in the end, it's just poison, you know? It's poison. Verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Verse 16. For some, when they heard, had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all of them that came out of came out of Egypt by Moses. The Israelites, you know, they are very well known in the Old Testament and even the New Testament for their uh, rebellion against God out in the wilderness. They had experienced the miraculous delivery from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. You know, which they were there. They were in Egypt for, for, for 430 years, in slavery for 400 years. And they saw that long period of bondage broken. And yet, what did they do? They hardened their hearts. They hardened their hearts. Not everybody did that, but a great many of them did. Verse 17, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the, de in the wilderness? This is the sad result of what happens when a Christian persists in uh, their, uh, excuse me, persists in their walk in the flesh, as I, you know, that would be one way that I could say it. They have not uh responded to whatever calling God has had on their life you know he might you know whether it be to be a minister a preacher evangelist or whatever uh, they have not enjoyed the life of victory and power that they could have had had they submitted their flesh to God and so it's like a person who dies in the wilderness this is not talking about a spiritual death, you know, as in somebody uh, who is a Christian, you know, dying spiritually and not being a Christian anymore. This is talking about the uh, temporal as well as, you know, some spiritual consequences of a, a life that is not lived in fellowship with Christ. You know, we're not going to have the same blessings, the same power, and the same victory that a spirit-living Christian would have. You know, a spirit-living Christian, you know, a, a spirit-living Christian, a person who is wanting to follow the spirit is going to want to, they're going to want to grow, and they will grow, in their, in their pursuit of righteousness. They will ask God to show them what is in, in them that needs to change, what is in them that needs to grow. You know, uh, they will submit to his discipline and recognize it when it happens because Christ you know God honors you know he he disciplines those who are his and nobody likes it but it is done because he loves us that is an important fact that we need to remember 
you know, we hurt and we cry when we when we're, when we're disciplined, and that's you know, hey, it's understandable because it hurts. And nobody likes it, you know. Nobody likes it. It's like when your mom and dad used to spank you when you were a child or discipline you in some other way. You hated it. You didn't like it, you know. But hopefully, and of course, in the end, you understood why you were being punished. But not all of the Israelites behaved like this. And so some of them did go into the promised land. So, you know, so, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They did not get to the promised land because of their attitude, their behavior, their, their, their attitude of unbelief. They didn't take God at his word and live a life, you know, and and they did not live their lives accordingly. That you know, he said, "I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest." You know, you won't have the peace that you could have otherwise. Very important. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but it's not. It, you cannot overstate it. And if you want to partake of Christ. If you want to be a true partaker of Christ, as it says here in verse 14, you know, your faith, if it is genuine, will persist until the end. Your faith, if your faith is a genuine faith, you will persist in the end, you know, and then your confidence, as it also mentions confidence, it also mentions confidence. You know, you have to hold on to that confidence, you know, if you want to um, inherit the promises that God has given you. You've, you've already received the gift of eternal life. You know, but there are promises that uh, you can inherit and have even now if you maintain your confidence in what God has told you. You don't want to be like the Israelites who entered in, you know, who, who could not enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. And, and we see it so much. We see so many Christians, uh, you know, they're having just the woes. You know, it just seems like the woes. That's, you know, they're, they're living a defeated life. They're living a defeated life. Uh, they're living a defeated life because of unbelief they have not yet surrendered themselves fully to Christ there's been areas in my life where it took me many years to um, come into full submission uh, to what God had planned from you know to what God has planned for me and I now have more victory than what I did before I'm no longer bound by certain things I have a confidence that I maintain and hold on to by prayer. I pray to keep a hold of that confidence, that strength that, you know, I pray for God to give me the strength to not go back to the old way that I had. This is part of what we must do if we are to enter in to the rest that God has promised us. And 
Um, I know I spoke I spoke kind of uh, extemporaneously a little bit here there at the beginning, you know, but um, I think that's just the way the way it should be sometimes. You know, you don't always have to prepare a full-fledged script, you know, to do uh, preaching when you're preaching with a podcast, I guess, so, uh, or in a church. But I hope that this is a blessing and a, a good instruction to somebody who is listening to this. And I will pray right now, Lord, Father, I hope that whoever is listening to this, I pray that, they will see the need to open their hearts to you, you know, and if they haven't received you for salvation, if they haven't received Christ for salvation, I pray that they would receive that now, you know, to realize that Jesus Christ died for them and that he is the fulfillment of the law. He is the one who was foretold and that he is the Messiah and the only way by which we can have our sins forgiven. And for, you know, I pray that if there's anyone here who is born again, you know, or if they're having a problem with a hard heart, you know, if there's something in their life that they're having trouble, get, let, you know, letting go of, I pray that uh, they would be the person to, submit to you and let your spirit work on their heart and change them in whatever way you need to. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this. Amen.